Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. I just want to finish the service with a, um, a short exhortation to us today. Just to remind us about what Christmas is really all about, because the way our secular world celebrates Christmas, the message, the genuine message of Christmas has almost evaporated and been lost today. And in plain and simple terms, the message of Christmas is simply this, that God visited planet Earth by sending his son to be born in the womb of a virgin whose name was Mary, and that he would grow up. As a young boy, he would grow up in a family environment, that he would go through his schooling, eventually becoming an apprentice carpenter. And he did many of the things that you and I have done as we grew up. Well, not all of the things that we did when we grew up, but Jesus Christ experienced much of the ordinary, everyday uh, life that we experience here as Kiwis. And then at the age of 30 years old, he was unveiled to the world and lived a remarkable three and a half years of an incredible life, a life that turned the world upside down. He demonstrated love everywhere he went. He healed those who were sick. He came and visited those who were hurting. He came to heal those who had broken hearts, those who were experiencing difficulty in their relationships. He even came and visited some families who had members who had died and he raised them back from the grave and brought them back to life. That's what I would call an absolutely remarkable life today. And I guess we have to ask ourselves, for what purpose? What is the why? What is the answer to the why question Why did Jesus Christ come? Why would God leave his heavenly habitation and come and humble himself as a baby where the king of the universe had to have his nappies changed, where he was dependent upon his family as he grew up? He humbled himself, the Bible says, and he became a man. Why would a God of this nature do something like this. What is the purpose and the reason that Jesus Christ came? Especially understanding and knowing this, that he was coming to a world which had rejected his advances time and time again, where they had spurned the advances of God to reveal his love and his character and his nature to the world many times over. And yet the Bible says that Jesus Christ was born. By our actions, the world had said, thanks, but no thanks. We're okay. We'll handle this on our own. I want to give you three simple, giant reasons that Jesus Christ was born into this world and why he came. The first reason is this. He came to demonstrate God's love for humankind. He loved us too much to leave us in our current condition. He saw the gap that was there with our lives. He saw the vacant sign where there was no God activity within your life, within my life. And he said, I want to habitate that place. I want to come and take up residence within your life. I want to demonstrate and show my loving kindness to you. So Jesus Christ had to come 
as a man in order to do that. The Bible says in Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates his love towards us like this, and that while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ came to us. He didn't come waiting for us to earn his advance. He didn't come with us expecting us to change our behavior and then he would reveal himself to us. He said, no, 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 I'm going to come and show you myself. Even though you can't earn it, you don't deserve it, I want to reveal my love to you because that's who I am. I am a God of love. You know, the Bible says God is love. God is love. And so that's the first reason today he came because he loves us. The second reason he came was that he came to pay a debt against each one of our lives. A debt that was outstanding. A debt that could never be paid. How many of you have been in debt and you enjoy being in debt? That's what I thought. Not many of us. But imagine this, being in debt and you're in so much debt that you can never pay it back that you feel bound for the rest of your life because this debt is never going to be erased. And that's what he came to do. Against each and every one of our lives, there was a debt where the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. So each one of us, as we're accumulating through our lives, we're accumulating this debt. We're earning wages against our name, eternal separation from God. That's what this debt is was accruing against each one of our names. And the thing was, is that none of us had the ability to be able to pay that debt back. Because to pay that debt back, you had to be a person who had never done anything wrong. And that struck us all out. Because every one of us at some point in our life has gone our own way. We've strayed and we've done our own thing. And we'd accumulated a debt. And in our character was a tendency towards bending the truth. A tendency towards always heading towards the easy way in life. Which often meant taking shortcuts and not acknowledging the one who created us and made us. And this debt needed to be paid in order for you to experience life after death, in order for you and I to experience the wonders of a personal connection and a relationship with God. But it couldn't happen, friends, until the debt had been paid. And Jesus was born to die. He was born to pay that debt. He was born to erase the accounts and the unrighteous transgressions against each one of our names. He came to rub it out through the shedding of his own blood. He came because of our rejection of God's right of authority over our life, where we said to God, thanks, but no thanks. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do this our own way. And as a result, we, we've reaped the consequences within our life because the wages of sin is death. And this isn't just dying physically. When the Bible talks about death, the definition of it is eternal separation from God forever. Forever. And unless that debt is erased against your name, you're going to have to pay that debt when you die. And that debt has been eternally separated from the Creator who made you. Jesus didn't want that to happen, so He came. He came to pay that debt. And it had to be someone who hadn't been infected with the nature of sin. 
And the Bible says that Jesus is the righteous one, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, that Jesus is the bright morning star. Jesus was the one who never did anything wrong, and yet he took upon himself every wrongdoing of your life and of my life, and he came to bear that on his own shoulders to pay the ultimate price, which was death for us. You know, and, and now as a result of that, this is what the Word of God says. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, if we're prepared to own up to our wrongdoing. You see, in Rishab's testimony today, he came to the point of understanding that there was something else that was out there that he hadn't discovered yet. And he had to come to that threshold within his life where he knew he needed to acknowledge the fact that he'd chosen his own way and gone his own way. And in that process of acknowledging that, he received forgiveness of sin against his life. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and God is just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all of the wrongdoing that we've ever done. In the twinkling of an eye, that record against your life can be erased in a moment of time so that He makes all things become new. The Bible says that old things have passed away. New things are here. The old is gone, the new has come. You're a brand new creation when you receive Christ. That doesn't mean that we're going to get things wrong, that we're always going to get things right. There'll be times and seasons where we do get things wrong. Because whilst we're in this body, whilst we're carrying around this dust, walking around the earth, there'll be times and there'll be seasons where we do make the wrong decision. But from the day that you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you, the record of all your wrongs is erased by the blood that Jesus shed on your behalf. So number two, he came to pay your debt. Finally this morning, the last point is this. He came to give you freedom. Freedom within your life. You see, up until the time that you receive Christ, every one of us are bound in some area of sin within our life. Sin is operating under your own authority and rejecting God's authority over your life. And so there are, there are areas within all of our lives where, we, where we, we want to do right, but we can't seem to do right. We're bound by addictions, anxieties, depressions, oppressions, things that happened around about your life, and we are not free. We are not free to make the right decisions all the time within our life. Sometimes we're desperate. We say to family, we say to friends, I don't ever want to do that again. And we go back and we do it again because we haven't experienced true freedom. When you've experienced true freedom, you have the ability every time to make the right decision over your life and reap the blessings and the right consequences within your life. Jesus didn't want us to be bound. Jesus didn't want us to be incarcerated in a prison of our own making by rejecting the right of His authority within your life and my life. You know, Jesus said these words to a group of people who thought they were okay. And He said this in John 8, 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth 
shall make you free. What will make you free? Knowing the truth. Who's the truth? It's truth isn't just an ideology. Jesus said, I am the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so when you meet Jesus Christ, that truth suddenly comes into your life as a person. And all of a sudden, many of the lies that we've been living under are exposed. And suddenly we can break free from the addictions, the habits, the things that have bound us all of our life. And we understand that God can move us forward. You see, these men, they were offended when Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. They said, we're sons of Abraham. We've got a spiritual heritage. We've got, we go right, our lineage goes right back to Abraham, the great Abraham who served God. And you're saying to us that you're going to make us free. We're already free. And Jesus responded to them and he said this in John 8, 34. This is the acid test of your freedom, friends. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And so you remember the woman who was caught in adultery? She was caught in the very act and she was dragged by her oppressors and persecutors to the feet of Jesus. And they said, under the Old Testament, the Lord commands us to put this woman to death by stoning. And Jesus turned around, he wrote something in the sand, and then he simply said these words, you who are without sin, be the first to throw the stone. And one by one, from the oldest to the youngest, the Bible says, they all walked away because they knew this. Every single one of them, no matter their religious upbringing, no matter their heritage within their life, all of them were slaves to sin because they committed sin. And Jesus was saying, I've come to bring spiritual freedom within a person's life where they're no longer addicted. They're no longer depressed. They're no longer oppressed. They can be free from anxiety. They can be free from those issues within their life that have been causing hardship and difficulty. You see, friends, you don't have to be in a jail cell to be in prison. The Bible says, if you commit sin, you're a slave to sin. Jesus came to break the power of sin in our lives so that we are no longer slaves to sin. I remember many times I tried to give up smoking. I, rem I remember, you know, and I've, I've helped many, many people over the years. I've helped heroin addicts. I've helped people get off pee. And yet that nicotine can be such a driving, powerful force within our lives. And I can remember when I came to Christ and I came out of the drug world and there was still one remaining thing was the nicotine. And I can remember just simply saying to Jesus, I've tried many times to give this up. Can you help me? And in a moment of time, nicotine was broken off my life and I was able to give up the cigarettes forever and ever and ever until this day. You see, friends, it's not so much, well, we know it's bad. We know it's unhealthy for us. We know it's filling our lungs with tar and all sorts of horrible things. But, you know, we used to go, oh, you're really bad if you're smoking cigarettes. That's not the issue here. The issue is, is that you don't have the freedom to say no. The issue is here is that you're, you've, you're bound by that, that sin over your life. And finally, Jesus said these words. He said, therefore, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. The acid test of all of our lives is that we have the freedom to break the chains that have bound our lives through the power of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one is getting to heaven except through me, is the words of Jesus Christ today. You know, God introduced himself to me
as a young man in a little flat in, in the city of Tauranga, where I was in a lot of difficulties and a lot of trouble within my life. And I did exactly what young Rishab did. In that moment, I'd had, a, I'd had a girlfriend who had explained to me she'd been a backslidden Christian. And, uh, and she had entered a relationship with me. And all the way through the relationship that we shared, she began to share the gospel with me. She began to share with me that you can know Jesus Christ in a personal way. And you can be free of all this junk that's in your life, James. She knew she was being a hypocrite hanging out with me and being with me over that period of time. But one day the conviction got too much for her and she left me and went back to her husband. And in that period of time, God revealed himself to me as I got on my knees one night and I said, if everything that my girlfriend's been telling me is true, Jesus, will you come and will you show yourself to me? And right there and then in that room, the power of God turned up. The presence of God turned up in that room. And God, without a shadow of a doubt, was revealing himself just like the radio coming on at two o'clock in the morning when the keys have been taken out of the ignition, where there's no station that's ever been tuned in because it's all in Japanese. And God suddenly turns the radio on with a song that Rushab's heard in church and God begins to speak to him. You see, Jesus wants to introduce himself to us. Jesus wants to make himself real to you. And today you may be here and you're, you've been unsure about all this. Maybe you've been observing from a distance. But you, you see, Rushab said this, maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. There can be no harm in giving it a go. I want to tell you, I gave Jesus a go 35 years ago and I've never ever regretted it or turned back in that moment because when he reveals himself to you, there's no shadow of a doubt. There's no turning back because of the reality of his love within our life today. So as I finish the meeting today, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and we're going to enjoy a wonderful meal together. But before we do that, there's, there's one outstanding item left on God's agenda today. And that is the posture of your life, the posture of your heart. If you're here today and Christ is not in your life, Christ has not been invited into your life, you're missing a great part of what God created you for and who he created you to walk this world with. He never wants us to walk alone. You know, sometimes the ache within our heart, we, we try and fill it with people. We try and fill it with a spouse, with a husband or a wife, or we try and fill it with our kids. We try and fill it with hobbies, this big empty ache that's within our life. You'll never, ever be contented by relying on another person or a thing or a hobby. The ache will remain within your life until you give your life to Jesus Christ by asking Him to come into your life. So I'd like us to stand to our feet at the conclusion of this service this morning.